I'm Lauren, and I'm a veterinarian. I'm JJ, and I'm a veterinary technician. And you're listening to IntroVets, a veterinary podcast by introverts with high-functioning anxiety. Welcome, everybody, to the snack-sized episode. Yay! Shia, the dog trainer, is going to join us again for this episode. If you have not heard last week's episode, I strongly encourage you to go do that. So, Shia, we wanted to have you back for the mini episode because we wanted to talk about your experiences with changing careers from the veterinary field to something else. Because not only have you successfully changed careers, now you're about to open your own business. You know, like you've done a lot of those things that I think people dream of but are too afraid to do. I feel like we trap ourselves in vet med a lot. Mm, yeah. Mm-hmm. What was it like for you to start out with sort of a goal of becoming a veterinarian and then to sort of realize this isn't for me? It was a little shocking when I came to the realization. Um, I would come home during the holidays and weekends and I would still work at the vet. I was still seeing a lot of the veterinarian side. It just kind of occurred to me one shift that I was just like, ugh. I don't know if I want that end. I I don't know if I want that pressure and the stress, but I also feel like veterinarians miss out on a lot of the connection that assistants and techs have. Not that you guys don't don't have a connection, but y'all have a much more limited audience time with them. Um, Whereas we start to build relationships with them, you know, we're there for them in a lot of ways and ask a lot of questions and. I don't mean any offense by that. It's just, no. I feel like y'all are- I think are, you're right. You're, yeah. you're under more pressure to do that. I also realized that I didn't want to be the one that like you came to me and your pet was possibly dying and I had to make a choice and I made the wrong one. And even if I did make the wrong one, I knew that it would wear me down emotionally because I would always second guess myself. When that kind of happened, I was like, okay, well, this is dumb. Why would I stay here um, and continue wasting money going towards a degree that I could get if I came home? That's what I did. And I changed my major and all that fun stuff. And and as I said, I lost a lot of science uh, classes. And then I had to kind of scramble to find something else to do. Ironically enough, growing up, you know, I was always going to be a vet. And my parents both work or worked, they're retired now, but Uh, My parents both were either government employees or government contractor. And I remember being a little girl saying, I will never be like them. And I'll be gone. What what do you think I do? (laughs) Yeah. 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 I ended up there. (laughs) So while I'm going to school, I'm still working at the vet. And I don't know if I should tell you this part, but I will. I have a congenital back problem. At 19, I was uh, diagnosed with degenerative disc disease and was told by a neurologist I would be lucky if I wasn't in a wheelchair by 40. So I was having a lot of back problems, not tons, but at least twice a year, my back would go out. Like I could not move. It hurt to breathe kind of situation. I didn't ever use my PTO at work because I needed to save it for when my back went out because in vet med, we don't have a lot of money. And we don't typically have any benefit for secondary insurance. And I don't know why I didn't do something like supplemental. I I don't know, but hindsight, I knew that I needed to kind of get out of vet med. 
I was destroying my my back. I don't know. I think we all kind of burn out. And and I think that we have a roller coaster of burnout. It's like, I, I hate it here. I hate it here. I hate it here. I don't hate it here as much. And here is just personally was just vet med, not necessarily where I was employed, not necessarily a coworker or, you know, it just, I cannot emotionally handle this. I physically can't. So I built a lot of relationships with clients and that's actually how I ended up being able to officially leave and jump out of that nest of vet med, um, which was incredibly hard. This client, we were friends. I, I used to go let their dogs out at lunch. Um, again, those were the relationships that you could build that I feel like veterinarians can't necessarily build. And he was like, Shia, I, I, you need out. And I'm going to do everything I can to help you. You're smart. You're dedicated. You know, all the nice flowery stuff. (laughs) So I had my first surgery and he calls me and is like, hey, we're going to hire blah, blah, blah. So he helped me get that job. And I even told my boss, who I call my first uh, work dad, I was like, hey, guess what? I'm interviewing here. And, And he was thrilled for me. And I was devastated to leave because this was my family. And I feel like in vet med, we bond with people and we bond with the work. And it's kind of like, who am I if I leave here, though? Will I be the same person? Will I lose something? And then always the second guessing. Did I make the right choice? A lot of us, especially in the vet assistant, vet tech world, we come into it and we burn out quickly, even if you paid to get your degree and then pay for your exam and become licensed or registered or certified, whatever your state calls it. You spent all that time and money. And within two to five years, I feel like most of them dissolve and they're like, peace out. I can't afford this. I can't handle the stress. I can't handle the emotional pull. I feel like we earn and learn so much from being in vet med. We learn to multitask. We learn to deal with customer service. We, we learn so many different things that though we feel trapped that, oh, all I know is how to be this. I only know how to restrain this pet or I know what vaccines are required. I don't have any valuable skills. You do. You have a ton of skills that you just don't think about. The amount of things that we have to deal with just in the general public you have grown the ability to handle things that other people could never imagine. And you have marketability. It's marketable to say that, you know, you were in charge of inventory. You were in charge of this. You were the focal for this. You, every time that you pick up a new skill, that's, that's a marketable option that you can say, hey, look, don't discount me just because you see blank animal clinic or blank animal hospital or what have you. Don't think, oh, they just were that person. Look at what they did. Look and see that, hey, I can can deal with people. I can deal with projects and assisting with those and becoming a project lead if I need to. I can set goals and I can achieve them. And you just kind of have to find that fine line of where you want to take yourself in the future. Girl preach. Uh, last season on the podcast, we had a therapist, Dr. Funken on, who talked about how for people that are called in veterinary medicine, it becomes sort of an identity. 
and that separating ourselves from that identity is actually more healthy. How did your identity as a veterinary professional impact your decision to change jobs? And did you struggle with that sort of feeling of, but this is what I've been called to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. It does become who you are. Who are you without it? That was one of the biggest struggles. And failure was a struggle. If if this is where I'm supposed to be and I'm leaving it for selfish reasons, because you feel selfish removing yourself from that, or I did anyway. It's hard to be, this is Shia, she used to work at a vet, you know, (laughs) which is stupid. Like that should not matter at all. It should not matter. It should matter as much as she used to eat at Zaxby's, you know, like, okay, who cares? (laughs) But when you become the past tense of something that was your identity, it's, it's, it's really hard. I didn't think it would be that difficult. Like I said, I only lasted about a month before I was, you know, not not gone anymore, (laughs) wearing my back brace and everything. She was right. You you cannot make it who you are because the minute that you marry those two together, you are a failure when you are no longer there. And you're not a failure. But if that's the only thing that you can identify with, it it kind of jacks up your whole self-worth. Because I went from someone that everybody could rely on and every, and I knew pretty much, I mean, I didn't know everything. Nobody ever does, but I was the go-to person for so much. And then I abandoned it and went towards business that I knew my heart wasn't in, but I knew it paid better. And I knew that my physical health would be a whole lot better if I got out of it. But I became the new girl that used to work at a vet that doesn't know shit about this whole new world. <laughs> And that's really sucky too. Yeah. Like you, you're not just losing just even the, the vet med part. You are losing your value to everyone else. And, and again, that's not true, but that's how I felt. Honestly, when this client helped me get this job, I cannot tell you how many conversations we had where I was like, are you sure? I'm, I'm really worried I'm going to fail you and that you're going to be embarrassed for putting your neck out for me. And that I'm honestly a shitty employee and somehow I have just, you know, put on this whole different persona for you. You know, I feel like a lot of people drawn to vet med are are emotional and anxious people. No. What? <laughs> what <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah, I have you're, no idea. You're 100% right. <laughs> Perfectionist. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like we have so much self-doubt that once we find like people in vet med, that when you start to think about branching out, it's like, holy shit, I know nothing. I'm worthless. Why would I even think that I should even attempt to do something to better myself? Because this is the best that it's ever going to be or what have you. So I literally, he was like, GD it, Shia, just shut up. You're going to do a good job. And I'm like, I don't know. I think it's going to be a bad choice. (laughs) But then you have that fear going in as a new person, not knowing shit and being the, yeah, I know that your homeboy over here helped you get this job. And so if you fail him, you're embarrassing everyone. You know, I'm honestly still lost in some ways, I think. (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think we all achieve and attain for something better. And I just, I'm tired of being afraid of finding out if it's real or not. Yeah. 
I don't know if I answered your question. There. No, I think I think you definitely did. I think a lot of those themes that you just mentioned, fear of failure, fear of letting other people down, fear of losing your value if you change careers. I think that all of those are things that are very commonly felt. Yeah, I felt personally attacked by that because I'm sorry. <laughs> But when I have had to contemplate changing my role in veterinary medicine in the past and currently, I can identify with all of those feelings. And what I am so impressed by in your case is that you had the emotional maturity at, you were saying, 19 to think, I don't know. I don't know if this is right for me. So now I'm going to change course. And I, I don't know that I, well, I can say 100% at 19. There's no way in hell that I would have been able to be like, I really just don't think this is right for me. I'm going to change when everybody <laughs> was like, oh, that's what you're supposed to do. This is what you've been talking about right. your whole life. I can say without a doubt, I wouldn't have had the maturity to do that because like I've only recently in the past couple years had the maturity to be like, this current arrangement doesn't work for me, so I'm going to do something else. <laughs> you know? But I think that's I'm really common. I think a lot of people are like, this is what veterinary medicine is. This is what it's always been like. This is what I signed up for. Mm -hmm. So now somehow because I signed up for this, I'm not allowed to opt out at any point, you know? Yep. So I think maybe us talking about those feelings will kind of maybe hopefully make other people recognize like, that's some bullshit, you know? Right. <laughs> like, right. Yeah. At least for me, I can say a whole bunch of negative shit to myself and think, oh, that's reasonable. But if I hear someone else doing the same thing, I'm like, wait a minute. Like, you, what? Like, you deserve better than that. And then I'm like, wait. <laughs> Do I deserve better? Absolutely. Uh, I guess so. I guess. I feel like, too, whenever you're in, the, like, the assistant or veterinary technician position, it kind of is a little worse because it's not necessarily recognized as a professional job correct you're i mean she you can attest first how many times you've been into an exam room are you going to be a veterinarian when you grow up i'm like <laughs> yep. bitch i graduated in high school in 94 i'm grown up so like it it doesn't it doesn't help when you know you you have all these jobs that you're responsible for and you can be damn good at them but Nobody really knows what you do, and they assume that, you know, you're just, this is your pretend job until you move on to something like vet school, or it's not it's not a real profession. So that doesn't do a whole lot for your self-worth, but yet you're needed. Yep. And that's, that's, being needed is, it's a good feeling, but it uh, is a trap because you become addicted to that a little bit. And next thing you know, it's like, I don't want to be needed at this moment because I've been needed in about 18 places and I need you to back the fuck off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then you step away from it for five seconds and then you're like, oh, God, what if, what if A, B and C didn't get done because I wasn't there to do it? And now things are going to and it's not like you're, you know, like I am the person that can do all things. But when you're the go to person for a lot of things, you kind of you are in that position of. You're making sure that it gets done and it gets done correctly. And whenever you're gone for a few days and you come back and you see that it didn't get done correctly, and you're like, oh, oh, no, this is bad. Mm -hmm. So then you just feel like you're chained to it. 
so it's it's a it's a unique field for a lot of reasons, but it's really easy to make it your identity. It's really easy to make it to what you feel like you can't leave because what else do you know because you know this so well? And what if it all starts to kind of fall apart in certain places because you're not there to keep it going? Right. Again, when we talk about your perceived lack of marketability, um, if you are considering leaving the field and your lack of skills, because how does any of this translate to the, the business world or the real world, if you will? One thing that I learned was that most companies, even big ones like Boeing, but small ones too, smaller contractors, smaller whatevers, if you get your foot in the door, even as a, um, we call them OAs, office assistants, um, or a receptionist or what have you, as long as you continue to prove your worth to that company, they will invest in you and they will look from within to promote. So even if you feel like a job may be beneath what you think you should have or doesn't align fully, you still are paving a way to a different, a different, uh, I can't experience and it can change your life. It's amazing when you think of the domino effect of one decision you make and can look back and go, Jesus, that one incident changed all of this. And I never thought it would have. I have friends that started off as uh, like very low level, entry level office assistants that slowly transitioned to something else. And now they have their master's degrees and they are, you know, making bank. I had a, a friend that worked in our assembly shop and applied randomly for a job within, within the office world instead of just assembly. And they, Boeing put money behind her and educated her and moved her up into the field. And like I said, even smaller places do that. So never, never judge something by what you think you can do. Nothing, it doesn't cost any money to apply. It doesn't hurt to look to better yourself. It just doesn't. Yeah, you just have to be brave enough to make that leap. I know. Another veterinarian, and and I actually don't remember who this was. This is not from me. Like, I didn't come up with this. But whoever I heard say this, it just really impacted me to the point that I wrote it down on the little note section of my phone so that I can pull it up and look <laughs> at it every once in a while, okay? And what they said was, veterinary medicine is a job. It's not a religion. Yep. And I was like... Mm. Holy Boom. shit. Yep. <laughs> They're a hundred percent right. It's literally just a job. Like mm -hmm. it's just a job. Anyone can leave it, come back, partially leave it. You can do literally whatever you want to. This isn't like some sort of um cult. Cult. Right. Yeah. It's hope well <laughs> hopefully it's not, it's not supposed to be a cult. Maybe a right. smidge like that sometimes. Seems that way sometimes. Right. Uh yeah. yeah. So like <laughs> You know, your decision to um, step away for a time, short, long, intermediate, or partially step away, like, is not reflective of the quality of person you are. Correct. And you're not a failure. Like, that was one of the things, honestly, when I fell back into being back at my job that I had, quote, quit. Mm -hmm. I was like, well, shit, am I just 
Am I giving up on myself already? Am I, you know, setting myself up for failure because I'm keeping that lifeline there? Um, And I had to prove to myself I wasn't. So I left, um, turned in my resignation, turned in my key, everything. And within a month, (laughs) I was back working in vet med (laughs) because, yes, the new job, I loved it. The pay, loved it. The benefits, loved it. Like, I loved everything. But something was still missing. I kind of missed honestly, a little bit of the stress and the emotional pull and <laughs> a little glutton for punishment. Yeah. And I knew that if I had the opportunity to hang on just a little bit to vet med, that I, I could be happy. So it was kind of like a, hey, let's talk. How would you feel if I did this? Would you be open to me staying as a PRN person, working as needed, not automatically scheduled. And of course, they jumped at it because even in the early 2000s, vet med, it's not easy to staff. One of the things that I have recommended every person that I know that's in this field that has left the field or wants to leave the field, I have always said, you know, go, you know, go do what you want Mm -hmm. to do, but don't burn bridges on your way out because you may want to still have some exposure to this world. You may miss, like I said, the animals. Yeah. I missed that. It's been 16 years next month that I officially, quote, quit that job. Now, during all of that time, though, a lot of things have changed. I mentioned previous episode that uh, veterinary behavior, as Dr. Sophia Yin, impacted my life. And honestly, coming across her material... And then attending an AHA conference with JJ, (laughs) I did the behavior track and it was just, it was amazing and fun. And I learned so much. Those two things really kind of changed my approach and changed my life of, huh, could you do this all the time? Could you focus more on animals while keeping your Boeing job and educate yourself to where maybe you could do something for yourself. And that was in 2014. I mean, it's 2021 now. And I have done a lot of things and increased my knowledge and become certified in different things. My end goal will be to leave Boeing. My management even knows this because, you know, the whole where will you be in five years? Okay, that's good. So we won't put it on the podcast like, surprise, bitches. Yeah, no, no, no. It's it's a well known thing. Um, my management, my even their managers, they're fully aware. I I I am a TMI kind of girl, and I'm just kind of wide open with it. Like, hey, this is not my end game. I want to do something for me. And and what's really interesting about the approach from Boeing and that level of employment and in vet med is huge. I still have not told the others necessarily what my plan is. But Boeing was like, do it, girl, we got you. What can we do to help? The plan is to get a veterinary uh, technician specialty in behavior and to open my own place. I want to open a business that will offer training resources and training, obviously, to apply to sit for this. There's a whole lot of requirements. But I do require to have um, veterinary intervention for my hours. So there's still a lot kind of going on in the background of me trying to determine what's going on. And 
as I mentioned before, I work too much and I have a problem setting boundaries for myself when it comes to helping other people with different aspects of the jobs. So I've kind of put myself um, on the back burner a little bit and then COVID (laughs) hit and that just made it harder. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, but eventually the plan is to be done, to leave the job that pays well, that has great benefits, but I feel like is not what I should be doing. And I don't want to be that person that second guesses it the rest of my life. I'm glad I had that realization when I was younger, because even then I felt like a failure. I felt like I was just taking the lazy way out. Looking back, obviously, I think, damn, good thing I did that. All right, guys, we're going to say our positive thing. JJ, what about you? You go first. What's something positive? She has stole mine. Oh, (laughs) that's why I just said, don't steal mine. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Um, uh, G, why don't you go ahead? I got to think of another one. Okay. So, in real life, right now, it's the end of April. This episode won't come out for a little while till like, I think the end of May. But in real life, right now, it's the end of April. And so, planting season is really gearing up. And yesterday, I went to the Master Gardeners of North Alabama plant sale, which is like a springtime tradition. And I had a really good time. I went, um, walked up and down like every single individual aisle, and I bought a bunch of tomatoes and <laughs> basil Yum. and different things. And so, I'm super excited. <laughs> and so, all my little seedlings are out there, super happy and ready for me to plant today. <laughs> Uh, so that's my good thing is that I get to go outside and play in the sunshine a little bit. Uh, it rained all day yesterday, and so I did not get to plant them. But today, it is happening. It's on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I came up with one. Okay, so in my future endeavors, way way down the road, um, I would like to one day have a a tiny little baby Havanese dog. Really? Because I like them. Okay. Yes, what? I know. It's that is weird, out of left field switch. for me, but okay. It is same. I'm, the amount I'm of typically a bigger peak. dog mm-hmm. person. Right. But over the years I've kind of just I've, they're they're cute little dogs and they tend to be pretty healthy and they tend to not be super annoying yappy. And I just kinda like them. And somebody called in scheduled. They had just gotten a little eight week old Havanese baby. And I was just super excited because I knew I was going to be working that day since I scheduled it. May have been some intentional scheduling there. <laughs> and when it came in, it was the most adorable thing. It snuggled with me. Wait. I wanted to steal it. Oh, no. I wanted to run out the back door with it, but I didn't want to go to jail. So I gave it Fair back. Enough. I got my puppy snuggles and puppy breath time in. Oh, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I have an ease. Okay, are you going to put it in the sweater? I know. I mean, I don't know. Girl, you know Maybe. you are. I can tell from here. As long as it's a punk rock sweater. Are you going to let its hair grow out and like do the little top knot and shit? Because. See, I would be more apt to like be the one that says give it a mohawk or a mullet or something. <laughs> a mullet. Oh, yeah. no. Well, I'm just saying that's a lot of grooming upkeep because yep. of the silkiness of their hair. That shit. Yeah. It's just looking. I'm at not going to be the type that has it super long. Mm-hmm. No, it might be like moderately to short more than likely. Mm-hmm. I haven't completely decided, but I have thought about, <laughs> you know, puppy hairstyles because. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm not going to turn into, you know, the 
Um, not knocking against people that have, you know, the poodles and stuff like that. I'm not going to turn into that. I mean, if it's my dog, it's going to be funky looking because that's just, you know, how I roll. But it's not going to be a Barbie doll dog. It's not going to be in a, I'm not going to tote it in my purse. That's not happening. Say, are you going to Paris Hilton it? Mm, hell no. <laughs> that's not what I'm doing. God, we are going to give you so much shit when you get this dog. I know. I know. I'm prepared. Are but... you prepared for the full mouth extractions that it will eventually Oh no, shit. Right? I mean, She's going to be brushing that dog's teeth twice a day. <laughs> you know, I will take care of it. Teaching it to floss. Mm-hmm. JJ is going to have to be retired. Very responsible. <laughs> I try to be a responsible pet owner. Oh my gosh. I mean... <laughs> Shia, what about you? Um, I had lunch with JJ yesterday after work. I haven't, I don't know how long it's been since I've seen her. um, I do. It's been since March of last year because I remember we went to Nukes and it was just the beginning stages of COVID. COVID. Things hadn't shut down yet, but I remember we couldn't get our own drinks. And I was like, it just sticks out in my head because I just remember that that was like the first place I went to that had restrictions at all. Yeah, and I'm like, hmm, things are escalating. This is not good. Yeah, but that's, that's the last time I Has saw it you. Really, damn. Okay, so yeah, I haven't seen her in a year more or more, which is crazy. But I mean, like COVID, and then mm-hmm. going in public and people is yeah. So um, yeah. to be fair, I, like I I haven't even really gone into stores really since COVID started. So seeing JJ was nice. Um, being able to talk with her for a couple hours. She came back with me to work so uh, so I could get my dog, and she got to see. This is what I thought you might bring up. Uh, she got to see a couple people that she used to work with that were yes, happy to see her. I did. So it's one of those things, you know, the friendships, the friendships that you don't talk for a while just because you're both self inverted and whatever. Well, and adults like yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, yeah. this is a pet peeve of mine, and I'm not trying to hijack your good thing, but just real quick, like, <laughs> as an You're adult fine. person, okay, people are busy, and yes. it, um, I can't tell you how nice it is to have uh, really valuable friendships with people who I won't talk to in 6, 8, 10, 12 months, and then we can pick right back up like nothing happened, because literally mm-hmm. nothing has happened. Like, that is not a, right. that is not an <laughs> affront to your friendship. It's just like... People are effing busy, and, like, if you right. don't hear from them, it's not that they have some secret vendetta. Sorry. <laughs> JJ. Clearly, I've yeah, been triggered. Okay. Because I'm paranoid. Clearly, this <laughs> is a thing like... in my life. But, yeah, there's not, like, some <laughs> secret vendetta about, like, I haven't spent time with you because of these nefarious reasons. It's like, no, man, I'm just fucking busy. Like, I'm just busy. Right. Right. Like if you're sitting there thinking about me at some point, like, just give me a call. I might not answer, but I try to. Like, I don't. Anyway. No, don't don't call me. Text me. Oh, text me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, my, I've I've developed a system with Shia. Like, if I hadn't heard from her in a while, I'm just like, I'm gonna send her a TikTok. <laughs> yeah. And in about three to ten days, she might respond. If she doesn't respond, I'll send her another one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then usually after the second one, she she'll send the same this this usual response. Oh, I didn't see the first one. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> And then we'll like converse a little bit. If 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 she's feeling really good and has extra time, there'll be a phone call. But if you get both of us on the phone, like there's very few people that I can talk to on the phone for a long time. Hours. But both of you are probably the two people 
And usually when we get on the phone, it's like, I mean, it's not uncommon for it to be five hours later. And we're like, what the fuck? (laughs) Right. Which is when, when JJ and honestly, and it's not just JJ, but when JJ texts me and I do have a shit ton, I need to unload on her of things that have been happening. I look at the time and I'm like, I don't got three hours. Right. <laughs> I just, I love you, JJ. And on, and, and then I forget, like, if you went through my text messages right now, the top 20 texts that I have, almost every single one of them has a, oh shit, I didn't ever reply to that tonight. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I mean, me and Nikki apologize to each other all the time. And I'm like, it's all good. Like, you're busy. I'm busy. I, I forget you texted me. You mm-hmm. forget I texted you. It's cool. Because yeah, it's not personal. It's just you're you're busy. And honestly, I have an app watch. My Apple Watch tells me when I get a text. And if I'm busy and I glance at it, I fucking forget it came through. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the notification dies because I saw it and I forget it ever existed. <laughs> that is me. Right. That's mm-hmm. normal people, I think. Yeah. Anyways, I got to <laughs> okay, see sorry. JJ and that Go was ahead. my good thing. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Before we sign off, we'd like everyone to know that we've created a listener poll. We've created the poll to help us understand our audience better and to bring you the best content possible. If you wouldn't mind filling out the poll, we would really appreciate it. And you'll find the links to the poll on our social media accounts. If you have stories, cases, or anything else you'd like for us to read, please send them to introvetspodcast at gmail.com. And you can find us on social media. We're on Facebook and Instagram. And we're at introverts. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It really does help. And we'll see you next time. Bye-bye.